You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. For more information about the Pursuit of Manliness, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the gift of technology. Um, I thank you for the, the that you still are a miracle worker, as we just heard uh, moments ago. Uh, and God, as we get into this conversation, we hear about um, Gerald's story and all the things that you you have done and are doing in his life. It's a great reminder that the path to the cross looks different for every individual, but essentially uh, the destination is the same. We got to get to Jesus. And I pray as we walk through this, we talk about the things that he's a part of, what he's doing now. Um, God, it would stir in the hearts and minds of the guys that are listening and, and the gals for that matter. And, and God, I pray uh, that you would do something new in us that when we're done with this conversation, we'd be a little more encouraged than when we started. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, men, at this time, I want to welcome Gerald Lehman Jelly to the podcast. Did I say that right, Gerald? Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, I, we should end it right there. Nowhere to go but down. So, hey, man, before uh, we get into all this, why don't you just take a moment, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and we'll, we'll dive in. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. It's an honor. I'm so grateful, humbled, and blessed to be here. Uh, my name is Gerald Lehman Jelly. I'm a men's personal development coach and entrepreneur. I own a company with my business partner, Dr. Eric Scroggins, called MVM Movement. And what we do there is we empower men of faith to step into radical leadership so they can lead their families, communities, businesses, all centered in Christ. And you are a, did you say you're a Texas guy or you were, um, was part-time? I was living in Austin, Texas for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I had my encounter with God in December of 2021. Okay. Radically shaped up my life. I'm originally from New York. Um, I've been all around the U.S., New York, L.A., Las Vegas, San Francisco. Um, I worked in the entertainment industry for a decade. So I worked um, with big brands doing creative direction for nightclubs, hotels, bars, casinos. Um, Then I moved to San Francisco and took a four-year job in ad tech. I was buying and selling media on a mobile device. And, um, you know, all those little ads you see on your apps and the annoying videos that come up, that was me. (laughs) I was doing that, sending those over. Um, You know, and I always was curious about what God was doing in my life, moving me around. But I think in those times, he was just giving me the resources to be um, sharpening my communication and personability with people, learning the digital ecosystem. And now that we're in kingdom building, here I get to use it for the good. That's right. I, I have a question. I, I, I Either I Go read ahead. this or I think I read this or, you know, it's it's been a day or two since I looked. But you were a wrestler, Division One wrestler. Is that correct? Yeah, I wrestled since I was six years old, all the way through high school. Uh, I was a Division One wrestler in college, uh, top ten school in the country. When you said Iowa, I was like, been there. Carver That's what Hawkeye. I was going to ask you if you, if you had nothing been there. like being screamed at by fifty thousand crazy Iowa people that want to see you get pinned. Amazing yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, they sell <laughs> um, season tickets there. I don't know many places that have uh, season tickets too that are wrestling, but it's they the do. mecca. Yeah, it's the mecca, and just yeah, wrestling was a huge staple in my life. Um, where I was able to really learn Um, Mm self-discipline, you know, some great attributes of masculinity, not in the aggressive like way that we look at things now, just really, you know, simplifying what we do in life. Cause it was always just about school, family wrestling. And that's how Mm -hmm. simple my life was like over 20 something years. 
you act like wrestling's simple. It's not. You're cutting weight. You're. I mean, it, yeah. it's a hard. I mean, I was a basketball guy. We all made fun of each wrestlers made fun of basketball, vice versa. But that, that's a hard sport. I mean, that is. You talk about it's, a way of life. Yeah, you know what's interesting when you said that? What came up? Wrestling's a lot like our faith. Mm-hmm. You're either all in on the sport or you're all in on Jesus. And oh, if yeah. you're in the middle, if you're in the middle, you only get like partial success. And wrestling is like, you got to be all in on the lifestyle of it. You know, you got to be okay with being up early and running. You got to be okay with putting in the extra workouts. You got to be okay with measuring your food, being super disciplined, you know? Um, And I love that. That works really great with my personality type Mm -hmm. because I love to have a mission or something to strive for. And wrestling is, I believe, the toughest sport because, you know, it's just you on that that mat. It's Mm -hmm. a team sport, but it's just you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing more humbling than, you know, having another man completely dominate you. And you look up in the stands as you're getting dominated and you see your parents looking at you like, oh, that looks painful. And then you have to shake his hand. And you got to wear a singlet and there's a and whole, there's a whole thing, you know, I mean, come on. Um, okay. So man, it's, it, we're not long into your story or, you know, even, sure. and we'll get into the movement that you're part of now, but um, you're on quite a spiritual journey. Just, take us on that journey. How how did that start? What was that like? Yeah. So, you know, I think in 2000, well, I know in 2015, when I hung up my party boots and uh, I finished my career in the entertainment industry, I was actually in Las Vegas. I was living in a three bedroom log cabin in a mountain range called Mount Charleston, 8,500 feet up, no TV, no internet. I stayed there for almost two years. And that's when I started getting into all of the new age mysticism and the new age practices. I became a Kundalini teacher. I was doing plant medicine like ayahuasca and all these shamanic arts and witchcraft and things that in the time frame, I actually thought I was healing. And I actually thought I was, you know, unlocking my consciousness and uh, new paths of divinity and worship. And ironically, I was feeling really good. And um, from there, I went off, I hiked the Appalachian Trail, um, came back from that, you know, um, went to California, was living, you know, the good life, had a sky rise apartment on the beach in Santa Monica, well paid, well over six figures. And this went on for well over uh, almost close to a decade, right? And I moved to Texas. And everything in Texas was even amplifying. I was around the biggest coaches in the industry because I got into men's personal development right when uh, the pandemic started. So right before the pandemic started, I decided to pick up and go travel the world. So I went to Bali for two months, right? Studied yoga at the yoga bar and all the mystics, astrologers, um, shamanic, you name it. I went and saw them. And the quest which is interesting, the quest, the whole spiritual journey from 2015 onward was how do you love yourself? Because I understood how to build muscle. I understood how to make money. I understood how to get women. I understood how to communicate, right? How do you really look in the mirror and deeply, truly connect and say, I love this guy I'm looking at? I wanted that answer. And it was a quest. I went to India after that. I did a hundred hours of silent meditation called the Vipassana, where you're doing these crazy chants and all these things, living in a room where you can't make eye contact. It's like a prison. Okay. A prison almost. And here we go. Just the quest of self-discovery. Then I went to the Amazon jungle, stayed actually in the jungle 
for a week, drank ayahuasca, did put frog poison into my skin called combo. And, and I'm not knocking any of these things. I'm just telling you the reality of what I was doing for the inevitable quest of how do you heal and love yourself. And in these new age practices, it's a constant cycle of upgrading and transforming and healing the generations and the lineages and all these things. It's never you're healed and you go live your life. It's you're healed. Uh-oh, the moon's big. Got to get my chakras and crystals. Uh-oh, Mercury's in retrograde and it's constant and you're always evolving. And I like to say when the devil's your sugar daddy, he's going to he's gonna hook you up, right? But you got to pay him back. So as all these things I'm doing, my external life is expansion is just growing. And now I'm in Texas. I'm with the biggest coaches in the industry. I'm in the inner circle. Uh, we're leading thousands of men through men's work. And the intention of what we're doing is solid. We want to help people, right? But little did I know, God had a plan for me. And in 2021, December of 2021, I'm hiking in the back of my house through the woods and I'm listening to my typical YouTube motivation, Tony Robbins. I, I love Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. And I'm listening and all of a sudden it changes as it ends into autoplay. And I hear this like, almost sounds like Beowulf, like old English. And I'm like, what's this? So I pull my phone out of my pocket and I look and it says, um, Jesus Christ, Sermon on the Mount. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what this is about. And I'm walking, same headphones, out in the woods. And nothing's really landing until I hear the verse where it says, be leery of false prophets, for they'll show up in sheep's clothing, but underneath they're ravishing wolves. For a good tree will always bear good fruit, but an evil tree will only bear thorns and thistles. And right there, it stops me in my tracks, right? Holy Spirit, just boom. And I'm like, that's interesting. I've been on this never-ending quest of understanding wisdom and knowledge and healing. And I've seen so many people, prophets, idols, but never Jesus. Why? And all of a sudden, I at the time, I don't know what's happening. But now I know Holy Spirit convicts me and says, go down this path. And I go down this path, and it opens up into this big field. And there's a river and I get down and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, well, what's happening either. And I'm losing my mind or something's happening. And I hear not an audible voice, but just a conversation that says everything you've been looking for is in me. Come walk with me. Now, what I think is important is I've never read the Bible in my life. I've never looked at a piece of scripture. I don't even know the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament. And out of my mouth, I say, I believe in Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one and only truth in the way. And right there, he drops me to my knees, which I later read because I became obsessed with the Bible, still am. I read the verse that says, all men will bow before me, whether they do it now or their time of their judgment. And at that time when I'm on my knees, I'm just weeping. And I asked God, in that moment, I said, please remove, and it's interesting, the verbiage is, I said, please remove the demons that have had a stronghold over me, the demons of lust, uh, idolatry, and mainly the way I would use women to amplify my idea of masculinity. You know, the more women I had, the hotter the women were, the more sex I had, 
the better I felt, but the more miserable I actually felt. And I knew that there was a stronghold or a demon or something, principality that was working over me that was a distraction. And, and right when I did that, I could actually feel something be pulled from me and a lightness. And in that moment, a hawk flew over me. I don't know if that has relevance, but it did. Hawk flies over me and I just feel refreshed, born in the spirit, like, whoa, what happened? And that's when the fun, that that's when the fun really started happening. That's when I believe Jesus said, I'm going to radically transform your life. So, you know, buckle up. And I say, right in that moment, he gave me new eyes and new ears. I went back to my apartment as I opened up the door, everything, I had so much stuff from my apartment. I could hear him say, oh, that has witchcraft. Oh, that has demonic stronghold on you. Oh, you're worshiping Egyptian gods. I ripped everything off my wall and cleaned things that I was so held valuable to from all my treasures from around the world. Trash. Books that I had, mountains of spiritual books. Trash. My apartment looked like a barren desert when you opened it. It was like, did you just move in? And all of this is happening to me so quickly. And all the circles that I'm in right now, I'm like, sharing my testimony i'm like this is real jesus is real but they're not they're like people that go well i believe in jesus but i also believe in shiva bhakti the universe you know all the all the stuff that i was coming from and i was struggling and tussling with the lord like why did you do this to me why am i here why are you keeping me here with these people who don't see you don't believe you and you're strengthening me because i stayed stayed the whole time during this transformation but here's the kicker. So I had almost a seven-figure business in coaching. Okay. Right when I got saved, I opened up my materials. I said, I can't teach this anymore. This is this is all false. I doubt this is this is not true. I cannot lead these men. I have to repent for this. I cannot lead these men down a false truth. So I shut my program down for nine months. For nine months, zero income. All my high and mighty lifestyle was still coming in every month and I'm paying the bills and I'm watching the money go like this. And I knew what he was doing. Cause I said, Oh, I get it. You have to break me down and rebuild me up in the image of you and not in the image that I thought I was. And all the way I held money as my God, he was taking it down and tearing it down. And it was hard. It's not easy. And I'm still struggling with it to this day. But I stayed steadfast. I stayed patient. I read the book of Job and I was like, wow, man, lucky I don't have sores all over my body. And this is what he's only given me this, this breakdown of my finances and maybe some community and tough times. But he's given me great wisdom and insight. And I was absorbing knowledge and, and scripture and everything at such a rapid pace. I was blown away. Jumped right into church, Austin Ridge Bible uh, School, which was incredible. Pastor Brad, theologically sound, amazing, put me into discipleship training. I was like a sponge, like you wouldn't believe. And at this whole time, I'm just losing my identity. I sold my Ironman bike. I sold my snowboards, my clothes, my shoes. And the whole time, while this has happened, the devil was giving me offers. People would call me, oh, I have this job for you. I'll pay you 10 grand a month. Well, what's it about? Oh, it's breath work. Nope, not for me. Oh, I have this job for you. We're selling this. It's going to be, you know, some new age thing. 
sorry, I love you, not for me. Meanwhile, I'm like, man, I could have used that <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. And I said, nope, I'm not going to waver on him. I'm too convicted. And this went on for nine months until my fiance at the time introduced me to her ministry school teacher, Dr. Eric Scroggins. And we got on a phone call. And within 10 minutes, he's like, can you come to Washington, <laughs> the state of Washington? I'm like, uh, sure. He's like, there's a special anointing here. We have to work together. I don't know what it is, but Holy Spirit's coming to me. Can you get on a plane? And I'm like, this guy is wild. Okay. Got on a plane, went to his house. In 48 hours, we rewrote the entire program. We were flying through it. The spirit was moving crazy. And I said, this is incredible. It's everything I wanted to do. Mind, body, spirit, and service all centered in Christ. And we said, okay, let's go to market. And we went out there and it was a struggle. And I was like, God, I'm leading the people to the kingdom. I'm like, full throttle you. All I want to do is talk about you. Open men's hearts, turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Well, what's going on? And I had to sit with that. And what came up for me recently, right? Because I did this challenge going to New Year. It was a flop. It was a flop. Had 100 guys register. No one went through. I was like, I can't believe this. How is this even possible? And what came up for me was you're hiding behind your faith and your love for me. You're trying to lead with your coach, but you don't want to offend anyone or leading with that you're a man of faith and that you want to coach men who have God on their heart to be better leaders. And I called Eric that night and I said, yo, we got to go all in on Jesus. We have to be out there like, look, we are Christian men who want to lead other Christian men or men who are curious about faith to be men of God, not these men of the world. I want to know how do we transform men to become men? That were described in the Bible. That's the kind of men I want to be around. And right when we did that, now it's starting to blossom in mm -hmm. time. But man, what a year. What a year. And people are like, oh, you become, you get saved by God. Everything's great. No. Wrong. You get saved. Your salvation is great. And now you're living for the true purpose. But let me tell you, he's going to work you. And right when I got saved too in that story, a month later, I met my this woman that I was with for an entire year and I proposed to her. And then at the very end of this year, when I told you I had to move home and I knew there was a calling on my heart, that's when the relationship separated. So not only did I lose all my money, I lost the fiance, I'm living at home, right? But look at the miracles. I'm on a call with you. I have God on my heart. I met Dr. Eric Scroggins. My mom had a radical transformation for 20 years of alcoholism. Snap of a finger. She's convicted. She's going to her fifth AA meeting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It wasn't me. Like To me, these are like the, the winds that are so much bigger than the things us men are so pursuing, which is the stuff we can't take to the grave. I, th I think... First of all, everyone's, as we said in the beginning, everyone's story to the cross is different. You know, your yeah. story, my story are different. I do remember having an, an incredible experience with, 
you know, God, Christian men, one of the first ones I really had and going back to my apartment, I've shared before and just starting to purge. I didn't realize, you know, the, I didn't have what you had. I don't leave my house. So you obviously had a lot more treasures than I had, but, but to start to go through and realize this, this can't stay here. But what I do think a lot of guys can connect with is kind of that instant, what did I just do moment? I surrender to Jesus. I know you are, as John 14, six says, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God, the father, except oh, yeah. for you. However, this can get real lonely real quick. The narrow road is a pretty narrow road. The other thing you've encountered is Christians are cheap. Okay. So we don't like spending money. And if we find yeah. out it's Christian, we think it should be free because it's Christian and you're a Christian and we're supposed to help Christians, but I can give yeah. any other guy out there 22 bucks for his book or whatever. And you're like, what you gain the whole world, you'll lose your soul. Right. Like we just trying to help men. Because... So you, you encountered that in, in a, in a weird way. And God has you know purged you of seems like stuff. He has thinned out some relationships, things of that mm. nature. Uh, yeah. When people, and the reason I say all that is because when people say, oh, your life will be better. Yeah. Not necessarily. And not necessarily in the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm, there are ups there are huge ups, but there are some, there's some bumpy roads as you're trying to get your sea legs here. Um, in this process, you said we got these pillars, you have four pillars, but ultimately mm -hmm. they have to be about Jesus. So what are the four pillars uh, of your movement? Yeah. So we focus on mind, body, spirit, and service. So mind, right? You have to have a sound mind. It's not just about your thoughts, right? Because we want you to have clear intention and thoughts, but do you have the mental fortitude to persevere through difficult times, whether it's a physical moment or an emotional moment, right? So you have to be able to sharpen your mind, sharpen your mind, the spirit of God, but sharpen your mind to be a, a weapon against the principalities of life, right? The stories that men create, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I can't do it. That's where the mind has to reframe and replay body is the physical body if you're not amplifying your physical body then what are you doing okay you got to be physically fit i don't care if you're 70 or you're seven you got to move the body you got to walk you got to gym you got to eat right you got to keep this vessel that god gave you intact as long as physically possible so through the program we actually put men through a physical challenge which i never tell you what it is because the guys won't sign up but I will say I have a 100% success rate, all shapes and sizes, all age ranges, everyone does it. But it attacks the mind too, right? Because the mind will talk to the body and the body will talk to the mind. Spirit, simple. Where's your level of faith? If God's not first in your life, we got to reframe that. We have to know, can you increase the spirit? Because I tell men all the time, I'm glad you're doing all the personal development work in the world. And it's important. Emotional intelligence, high-level communication, trauma release, all these things are tools that I've brought into this program. But the key is if you don't have God at the forefront when you're broken, how are you going to fix you? You can't. you got to lean to him. Hey, God, I'm not good in this moment. I need you to lift me up. That's your sphere. That's this faith part of what we're doing. Now, I think the key to putting this all together, and I've always lived by this, um, my dear friend, Brandon Collinsworth, Nike master trainer, he said something to me that really hit me. He said, I don't care about your bank account. I want to, I want to know your level of service. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. What do you mean by that? And he said, you could only receive at the level you can give. So in this program, we want to teach men, what are you doing with your gifts? How are you serving your other men? How are you serving the world? And it doesn't have to be on such a big scale. 
It could just be, are you making three phone calls a day to connect with someone? Are you out there when you meet people? Are you being of service? Are you helping your neighbor? Do you pick up that piece of garbage you see when you walk by that no one else saw it? Like, what is your level of give into the world? And I notice as Christians, we always just say, oh, I tithe. Great. That's easy. Take your 10%, pass it over. But, you know, can you stop on the side of the road when you see that guy struggling to change the tire and not have the fear that he's going to attack me or some crazy story that we create? Or can you just pick up a phone call when you're tired? So service, right? We want to know how, and we do a really cool charitable aspect every year where we work with youths or men. I let the men choose what they want to do, but we rally as a team and that's a fun exercise, but really service is about how can you give more and not be in the scarcity? Like I can't give because I don't have. And then of course, all of this, here's the twist because I was doing a lot of this when I first started, but it was all centered in new age principles. So now it's all centered in biblical truth. So for instance, I always, you know, to make it easy for listeners, if a guy says to me, I'm struggling, I'm not going to tell him to go outside in the full moon and hold a crystal on his head and pray to Om Shanti. I'm going to tell him, have you got that on your hands and knees and spoke to the Lord? Okay, now we have the spiritual aspect, but let's examine now the psychological breakdown of what might be happening in your life. So it's always infused with faith as the forefront of what we do. I love that. I, I love it all. But I really love the service part. That was a question I was going to ask you later on. But I, th I, I joke, but I'm serious at the same time. Christians can be very cheap financially, and we can also oh, yeah. be very lazy with our service. And I've yeah. said, you know, if you're going to buy some of our gear, please don't wear it to church. If you're the guy that sits in the back and consumes free coffee and doesn't help nobody, you know, like we, especially as Christian men, should be leading the way in service. There's a major gap. And when leaders don't lead, somebody will step into that role. And typically it's not good. So as you look at this, you're trying to get people to Jesus and you're trying, what have you, what's, what's a takeaway that you have learned? You say, I did not anticipate that when, when oh, it came yeah. to working with men to get them closer to Jesus. Yeah. Here's the big one that I got. So remember I'm coming out of super successful new age, all like the Tony Robbins style, right? I'm going to heal you. I'm going to chance on your life. I'm going to do it. People love that. They are eating this up like you wouldn't believe. And the amount of money that they're spending on this, I, your beard might fall off. I don't even want to tell you what people pay. And it's all good, right? God's got a plan for everyone. But when I started working in this space, right, I was wiggling the line because I was like, well, I, it doesn't. they don't have to be Christians, and they don't. So I was saying maybe they could just be men of faith, or maybe they're like New Agers who are curious, and all these spectrums are okay. But what I seem to be attracting, because I went full tilt Jesus, and I still am on my Instagram. So if you look at my Instagram, you're going to say, oh, this guy's like, this guy's like, all he talks about is Jesus, like all the time, right? And I'm, that's it. That's all I'm going to do anyways, right? So I was attracting men who were already on their path. And when I would get on phone calls with them, here's the takeaway. They'd be like, exactly what you said. Well, I don't understand why I have to pay for Jesus. And I was like, what, pay for Jesus. So I'm getting it. I'm taking this as feedback. Like, okay, what can I learn from this? And what I realized, my messaging was off, right? So through this program, I'm not teaching you how to be a better Christian. I'm not teaching you how to love Jesus more. That's your church's duty. That's your Bible's duty. That's Jesus's duty. 
Okay, I'm not going to stop you from doing that. I am going to surround you with other Christian men, men of integrity, men who are keeping faith at the forefront so you have better examples of masculinity in a community. But I'm teaching you personal development work. I'm teaching you a skill set that the church doesn't teach you. When I went through the Bible studies and I went through the discipleship group, they weren't teaching me emotional intelligence. They weren't teaching me conflict resolution. They weren't teaching me high-level communication. They weren't teaching me relationship boundaries, right? I wanted to make sure men were fully equipped to handle life in the world we have to live in and then have a brotherhood and a community to be safe and open to say, I love Jesus and I want to pray on this call. And that was important to have that open space where men can talk freely about their faith in a container that's bringing us up as brotherhood, as a community. They're all rooted in being godly men. We have a community called Tribe. Same thing happens. It's it's, it's a six-month commitment, the whole deal. And what you find yeah. is things are being talked about that have not been talked about or would not be talked about um, because, because there's a level of trust. But more importantly, there's there's a brotherhood. There's a community and then the life on life. And what we're starting to see, and I'm sure you are as well, is these stories are going beyond the individual. Now it's their wife, their kids, whatever, who are benefiting yeah. from a better husband, father, whomever. Absolutely. And um, man. I love it. You have a lot of really good things going on. Before we uh, transition to the next segment for the herd, I, I yeah. want to know, like, how do we get in touch with you? How do we get connected to what you're doing? You talked about Instagram. Send us where yeah. we need to go. Sure. You could find me on Instagram at it's at just Gerald spelled J E R O L D. You can always go to our website, mvnmovement.com. Um, you can get in touch with us there. See our programs. We have a ton of free materials download it enjoy it see what we're doing mvm code mvm blueprint not another resolution challenge um and on my instagram you can just direct message me email me i'm always open just reach out i'm not that person it's like oh go through my assistant or something no just reach out let's have a chat um and we'll be launching some new products in this new year that i think is exciting to just really build a bigger community of men that are leading with god on their heart you are a bold man. You said DM me. They will DM you. I'm telling Please you. Please do it. I love it. <laughs> You're Send a good them man. Away. I'm not. I'm, a night, I'm, not I'm an a, ex-nightlife guy. I'm I mean, I used to be girl. on that phone dust till dawn. Now when people are hitting me up, yeah. I get hit up by a lot of interesting people because yeah. from my past. Oh, okay. Are so they curious? Like, I want to know. Are they curious oh, about what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, the questions I get. Like I had one guy reach out to me and he's been tussling. I say he's been tussling for a while, right? Because he's like where I was. Well, yoga's bad. I said, it's not It's not that it's bad. It's where do you want to go? If you're a worshiper of Jesus, you can't worship other gods. So when you're doing these poses and you're getting into Hindu deity idolatry, then, you know, think about it. For me, I was a yoga teacher. I said, bye, see you later. Because it's all Jesus. I don't want anything else. Well, I don't know. What about this? What about that? And I was actually at a coffee shop. And this girl had on a pentagram shirt with the Baphomet inside it. And this is where like God's doing something to me where I'm like, oh, he gave me a mouth, man. And he's just like, he puts it on. He's like, you got to ask her. So I have to figure out the gentle way. And I said, oh, it's an interesting shirt you're wearing. Can you tell me about it? Oh, yeah. Right away. She goes, oh, I'm not a Satanist. I know it's satanic, but I'm not a Satanist. I'm actually a Catholic. So in my mind, I'm like, this is the youth. This is the deception. This is, I want to know what the parents are saying when this girl who's supposedly a Catholic walks out the shirt with a satanic stronghold on her chest. 
and I'm having the conversation with her and I'm like, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, but you already know if it's evil, why are you wearing it? Why are you representing it? If it doesn't speak the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, compassion, humility, kindness, why would you want to wear it? So when I put that up, here comes the naysayers. Well, I've heard that Baphomet is actually a good God and he's actually the bearer of light. Then I'm just like, God, give me the strength. Cause I don't know how else to say it, you know? And I just wrote back, if you're confused and you're unsettled, then the principalities are working because he is the he is the God of confusion. Yep. And God brings peace. And if you're at peace, you know which spirit is working. Yeah, man, I'm glad we're on the same team because uh, your life experiences, you know, the fact that God has placed you in those positions to have those conversations. Perhaps you're the only one who has spoken to that girl about, you know, what she's wearing and representing him. And um, maybe yeah. she'll think about it. You know, maybe her mom will think about it and go to the laundry. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, if we don't speak up, if we don't speak up, got to speak know, up. I was clear. God gives them over to depraved mind. And then we do what ought not to be done and then give approval to those who do those things, even though we know they're wrong as well. Yeah, and brother. I appreciate you being on here. We'll put the links Thank in the you. show. I appreciate got a couple you. more questions about this uh, 12 week program and okay. ice baths. Cause it is freezing here in Indianapolis today, but we'll continue that conversation. Yes in the herd. Once again, thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you would, make sure you visit iTunes and leave a five-star review. Again, for more information, visit thepursuitofmanliness.com.